welcome back to another episode of Everybody Dances. Today, I am joined by Justin, a licensed clinical social worker. We appreciate the time we worked together in our very tough clinical setting. We touch on sharing a ritual at the very beginning of the pandemic and how this was our communal time saving grace if you will how he's been gearing up to begin a new job how he's been reflecting on social and scientific efficacy in research and regrasping a lot of his studies as well as his protective factors during this time. Thank you for joining and please enjoy. Hi. Hey. Oh my God. How are you doing? Is this this real? (laughs) Is this thing on? Yeah. (laughs) And I just talk like AirPods. Yeah. Oh, okay. Actual like mic to actually say is this thing on yeah so how are you doing today I'm good you could um share with everyone that's listening um who you are where do you hail from <laughs> and uh how old are you if you feel comfortable <laughs> that's the only one I didn't like okay <laughs> okay don't no okay. I'm kidding I'm kidding. No, but uh, first of all, thanks for inviting me. I I feel really honored to be a part of this and that you would want me to share my experience. And yeah, and I want to shout out you too, Rebecca. We worked worked together for like two and a half years. Yeah, I know. Time really flew. Yeah. Yeah. Like I want to go back and like, make sure everything's perfect but I know I have to leave it and I did everything I could um okay sorry but I love you respect what you do and to all the listeners and there will be so many listeners Rebecca's excellent and I'm honored to have been able to work with her oh I'm manifesting those listeners there (laughs) yes (laughs) um yeah so Justin and I worked together for two and a half years and I feel like it went super fast because mostly mm. we were in a crisis for mm. a lot of that time. And it was like time was not a real entity <laughs> for a while, right? Like, yeah. It's just it like, just like a time. Very traumatic. <laughs> yeah, like a time warp every time you go to work. Well, the whole period of the pandemic the initial like acute period especially it was just like you just show up hoping that you're you're gonna help somebody to some degree and just buckle up and go for it and keep your head down I guess I don't know it was it it was almost like a dissociative experience like just like Mm -hmm. just grin and bear it until you're through and and yet like we could look up and talk to each other about what it was like and oh my god I'm scared right now but I'm also like just I have to keep working I I, I, for me I felt like I that was almost a saving grace like I had to just keep doing my routine in my job and the documentation that comes with it we have so much documentation in the hospital as you know that um you know you just you it's almost like an anchor something you can yeah yeah, like I hold feel like on the to computer work was was a <laughs> lot of that time like just mm. accessing that other part of our brains where like there was some sense of safety like just mm-hmm. being with the like the object of the keyboard and the computer <laughs> was um was really like almost I mean I think we we might have had different experiences with that as far as documentation Mm. goes I mean I know we did um but I know that going onto our suite every day and seeing your face we would see each other usually me and you first thing in the Mm -hmm. morning Mm -hmm. and that was always really 
like warming and grounding <laughs> and comforting. <laughs> so I feel like we really, I mean, I felt such um, gratitude that we were, I mean, although we were mandated to show up in person, a lot of people got to stay home. Um, there was that human connection that I did not take for granted. Mm. So, oh man, no. I feel the same way. Yeah I, yeah, I remember I would, um, I feel like your day started at nine and ours started to be uh, town, 10 hour days because our department allowed us to work four days to kind of reduce the on-site exposure, mm-hmm. right? Like you would, you, your days are still nine ish to five if they're not yeah. like a later day 12 to 7 or something right mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so I remember I would get there still, yeah. and it, except for like the last couple months where I've been kind of getting ready to get on to my next career you know opportunity um I would always get there at 8 eight fifteen, and I would have had the coffee going and that was sort of an, another thing I'm looking back on and Yes. You know, you'd come in. I know you you stopped drinking coffee, but um, we would have our tradition and Dr. Rahim and you and me were the kind of core group and we would trade off our coffee bean um, duties. I'd grind up the beans, whatever beans you would bring and you and Amy. Oh, my gosh. We had so much fun trading off like our favorite kinds of um coffee that was that was a really uh, like a nice ex- like something to like again like anchor yourself to even before the pandemic but it because uh, the hospital obviously is just so stressful and especially being on a unit like ours but um um it felt yeah. very, like you just made me you just made me like kind of um imagine like that little ritual as mm. like a prehistoric like community gathering where like you know like some parts (laughs) of the world I know like some parts of the world are still very much like that in their Mm -hmm. um their ecosystems and like I just I kind of love that I love that that idea of ritual yeah Yeah. I I I do like we're in the jungle somewhere (laughs) sure like by a river like like instead of like us going to like hunt down for the water jugs where we like would go to like a river and get a bucket like imagine (laughs) (laughs) and then and then even going a little further and I know we've gone off on such a tangent here but um that we're you know incorporating a mind-altering substance even though it's just you know caffeine but you know using that as a a comparison I, I like into the ritualistic aspect so curious what brought you to um a creative or helping profession mm. back in the, back in the beginning oh god okay well sorry I didn't even answer the first two questions but my name is Justin I'm a 33 um, year old uh, from Kansas City and that encompasses both sides of the border Kansas City is a like a what's a what's a what's the right word a bisected metropolis <laughs> Oh, it's I got, know. You tried to explain to me yeah. <laughs> Every, No one ever understands it that it isn't from there, but it's, you know, it's uh, cut down the middle, essentially, by the Missouri River and the Kansas River, actually, I think, too. Uh, but um, my mom's from the Kansas side. Dad's from the Missouri side. And I moved to New York in 2010 and to go to social work school. And um, my inspiration, I guess... Yeah, mine wasn't necessarily creative, and I and I was thinking so much about this the past couple of days since you invited me to do this, Rebecca, about like that second question, creativity versus like helping professional like origins. Yeah, and I love that because I never really thought of it as a creative thing, being a, being in a therapeutic position with another person, like being a therapist or being a social worker. I always thought of it as like. Oh, I'm good at talking to people. I, I, I find human behavior and psychology fascinating. And I was never good at anything else, really, you know, math, business, like specific, like arts. Um, 
science I was fine mm-hmm. at, but you know, nothing I could ever see myself doing long term. I had some inspiration in my family where we are a family of helping professionals, doctors, nurses, social workers, therapists. And I just kind of um, stumbled into it, I guess, in college back in Kansas, um, not wanting to go into medicine because, well, my grades weren't very good and not wanting to go into psychology because of the statistics and all the testing. That wasn't really for me. So... I saw um, an opportunity to go into a world that I was interested in, in social work. And here I am today. Um, yeah. Where, yeah. where was I going from there? Well, I guess I, I can just go ahead. Yeah. I can go <laughs> ahead and, and ask you if there are any elements in your life that you feel maybe drawn into your sense of creativity oh yeah um and like if you have if you've made those um connections mm -hmm. as of recently or whenever yeah (laughs) that idea I realized that when I'm with another person and I'm in the role of therapist or the role of social worker and in that sense um you're trying to meet a person who's in a maybe a place in their life that they didn't expect to be or that it's a crisis or they're not well. Um, There's so many different, you know, places people can be in, especially if they're in the hospital, Mm -hmm. but um, maybe they're in a place where an intervention, either voluntary or involuntary would involve talking to them about how they ended up where they were, where they are and what they might think that could change to, avoid that whatever has happened happening again or um, fully some people are aware of of what brought them in and um, but essentially I think that what to tie in this topic I found I found over the past you know seven ish years that I've been working as a social worker um, that when I'm with another human being in that role trying to elicit change for example that's a like a concept of this um, style of intervention called motivational interviewing. When you're trying to like elicit change talk as in trying to get the person to see more about what behaviors and led to their current predicament, for example, um, I I feel like it takes a creativity. It takes like (sighs) this invisible, um, I don't know. Like dance. I find my <laughs> dance. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's totally dance when you're with someone and you're, you're delving into their history and you're talking about the, their circumstances and what you say is so important to what comes next and seeing if the, in, in your intervention can actually do anything. You know, so many times it doesn't do anything or they're pissed. They don't want to talk to you at all, or they are not well enough to have the conversation or, you know, but sometimes it right. can be really cool what your what the instincts that you hone over time in this practice can can help you like achieve with the person and i find that 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 i would say that that's art like that somehow this in- intuition on how to what to say next what to comment on or what to like ask next as in a therapeutic role is like a beautiful form of art and it's something I'm, yeah. I'm constantly oh, trying I to hone. Mm-hmm. And I nowhere near where I would love to be. I think it takes years. Some people are just really, really, really good at it or studied it really closely. And but yeah, I think that's that's really fascinating that two human beings can achieve something like that. Yes. So mm. I I actually just wrote a couple of things down that you mm-hmm. said. I like how you said um the instincts that you hone over time Mm. and that just reminds me of like um the nervous system like fight flight or freeze Mm -hmm. or fawn is like a newer one that's being Mm. thrown in there like fawn like you think of like a baby deer I think of like a little baby deer that's like so used to just like hiding and like people pleasing Mm. which I'm thinking like in my own life like that might might have been one of my nervous very natural um, nervous system responses 
Yeah. Um, and I think we have to, or I have to look at that when I'm working with a patient. Mm-hmm. If I'm just like, just totally trying to like satisfy them in the yeah. moment and just like nod your head to like anything mm-hmm. that they're saying, even if it's like a word salad of um, the most like intense, extreme. I don't know. We have so many. Yeah. Um, like, I think that just reminds me of like when to slow down or like mm. when to be, be like, especially in dance movement therapy, we look at the qualities of someone's movement. So if something is quick or abrupt, how effective is it to mirror that quickness or abrupt? Ooh, ab- I love that so much. Like being or, purposeful in your, your like, minute physical reactions to uh, the person in front of you is is really important yeah and that's exactly exactly and that's a, mm. that's a form of intervention yeah too yeah so yeah totally either mirroring where they're at or mm-hmm. sort of showing them that this is a different way that I'm or I, I could sort of be in that gray area mm-hmm. like in like in motivational interviewing which went to that um that lecture which was really interesting mm-hmm. you might know a lot more about it oh. I think I just went to like the first lecture we had I don't for me years, it's always many, it's many moons like, ago <laughs> for me motivational interviewing is just doing like like good work to a degree like it's just it's kind of like the obvious thing to do with people in crisis or that are asking for help changing something about their behaviors or their life um and I feel like that speaks to like the intuition I just have um but you are right I think that training yourself to be more aware of your your body as it relates to the person in front of you or the group in front of you that you're working with is so so interesting and fascinating body language is really interesting like trying like you said like to maybe aligning with them in a moment of intensity or uh, if they're they're becoming elevated or agitated you can kind of rise with them to show them you're not going to leave them in that moment or or react in a in an unproductive way but at the same time meeting them where they're at could be like a a way to find safety in the room with them, but then de-escalating it is also, of course, crucial. Yeah, I don't know. It gets really interesting. Yeah. There's so many layers. Yeah, I think that's what keeps our work interesting, and I think that's what that I think there are a lot of there is a lot of overlap between our two mm-hmm. disciplines. Like I also have several dance leagues that are also going for social work too, just to bring it more of, into a wholesome clinician picture. Which oh, wow. That's so yeah. cool. So that. on that kind of tangent, is there anyone that you've ever looked up to or felt a great influence by, whether it's in psychology or in um anywhere that you Mm. feel inspired by oh I have so many inspirations I was thinking that this was probably going to be the hardest one for me (laughs) um I can't really transparency is important I love it (laughs) yeah I don't I you know you I draw so much knowledge and I, I I model my work off of so many different philosophies and styles approaches modalities um it got me thinking of how i i'm really kind going deeper into my like i'm going back in time to like middle school high school college era studying that at the time like i couldn't grasp fully like that the history of humanity no not humanity but like just going back and getting a better footing um about where we come from and and literature at the time and 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 trying to find more context to the things that we were told were important um yeah um so i'm 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 finding that the more i know about for example american history is is where 
I'm kind of focusing a little bit more of my time on now. I've got like three weeks off. I'm excited. I get to do some deep dives into some documentaries and some books I'm reading. And um, yeah, it's awesome. But um, it just, I feel like I'm so inspired by good, deep, uh, like peer reviewed historical work that, and then, and then, you know, to, to, to read some of the, even the, historical fiction stuff that's based on reality uh, there's a book called um the water dancer and um oh, right the water dancer yeah I no i just read that one <laughs> yeah um yeah Ta-Nehisi Coates and I know this doesn't have a direct line to like work as a social worker or a therapist but I what I, the, the point I'm trying to bring up is I feel that as I get more informed of my history as an American, as a white person, as a a man, um, and the privileges that come with these things that it, 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 I feel like it really influences my idea of how to work with other people of all sorts of backgrounds. And that's really important to me trying to understand in trying to understand the person in front of me. Um, I, I think that it's also really relevant politically today because you what's going on with, um, you know, the education movement in the South, all, really all over the country with, you know, these these mm-hmm. really conservative religious people trying to turn their backs on truth and history. And with the, you know, um, oh, God, it's what's the term critical race theory? That, mm-hmm. you know, that, that I don't know how this has turned into such, like, uh, a boogeyman that, like, people are so afraid of this concept. But it's it's not that hard to understand. It's just essentially we're learning what history is. We're, we're, we're asking children and teachers to have a discussion about what really happened in our country to help us understand right. that this can't happen anymore and that the things that are happening all around us whether it be in, you know, how police inter- interact with communities or <laughs> white women with bobs at Target interact with the, her community yes. members, Karens, if you will. You know, there's just, how can we go say, you know, F you to what are such a rich American history and just bury our heads in the sand? It just makes me so angry. So I feel like I, I feel more powerful when I learn history as written by historians, professionals, um, and not really trust the news cycle because all of it can be quite uh, politicized, obviously. I don't know. I went on a tangent there, but I just feel no, like... Um, thank you for, for thank you for sharing that and bringing that yeah. into the conversation. There's so much because, to learn and it's um, all so incredible is, is all I'm trying to say. Yeah. Have you... Um, Last night, I actually watched the uh, new Will Smith uh, mm. take on King Richard, Serena, and Venus Williams' dad, and uh, where they grew up. They grew up in Compton, hmm. in California, in the 1980s, and they just briefly have a snippet of when Rodney King was mm. brutally assaulted mm-hmm. by the police, and it was just clear on camera and um it was really it was really interesting how the film depicted that moment um because there wasn't a lot of verbal um commentary on it it was basically just will smith watching it on his character uh richard williams just watching it on the tv and Hmm. um him and his wife just sitting there and you just i mean there's no bending that it was literally right there it's the truth and it's still happening today like why you know this this police brutality like it's really not to me i mean we agree it's just not up for debate really right and the roots of it are just i mean they're so read readily available to study like they're just they're they're right there (laughs) i I, I just it just infuriates me to think that there are people out there that don't know that here. Okay. Here's, here's what I wanted to say (laughs) that like our history, our American history is it's so rich and 
tragic and you know destructive and and dark and yet it so many beautiful things have come from it and so much growth has come from it um that how dare they want to cover that up or just ignore it and there it's it, it i pity them you know because they're 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 like castrating knowledge from their children is that a, is that mm-hmm. probably not the right word but yeah I they're like just, it no, I like they're just it. like they're, they're just withholding such wonderful history that is so fascinating to me and I I don't understand why they wouldn't want it to be shared you know it's and it's like well if you don't really know it are you just blind and, and ignorant and, and therefore like just stupid and basing all these decisions on emotion or are you truly like sociopathic and I you know to get into like the clinical side of things we see a lot of people with these personality disorders or traits of personality disorders that do these really terrible things to other people or themselves and um it makes you wonder you know are these conservative political figures and like school board members trying to cover this stuff up or keep it from the from the minds of their Mm -hmm. children because they truly like hate other people and I think that that's probably what's happening to a degree and that's disturbing um yeah it's it really really disturbing an illness yeah 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 Yeah. and then you know you you want to have empathy for them but then you also want to slap them across the face (laughs) just like wake up and look what you're propagating in your own you know, children. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's just take a deep breath. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're afraid of things that we don't understand. So, like, if you keep mm. creating this, like, this, this, um, this veil over an entire, mm. yeah, it's just we're never gonna, we're never going to. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know, the collective, like this divine consciousness, I'm always like, maybe one day, Mm. you know, it's pretty hard when, when a whole half of our country is Mm. delusional. Yeah. 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 And they're kept that way. Um, Right. um, Like volitionally by the people in charge, at least on their side, and to, to a degree, some people on our side. Yeah, major, yeah. major convo topic there. You should just have a podcast on that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm sure. I mean, I bet there's like several um, abolitionist podcasts and I mean, oh, I'm, sure. I'd be happy to dip my toe in that arena, but I just, um, next question. <laughs> yes. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what? Don't, yeah. Don't apologize. Cool. What lights you up when you're not thinking about all of this? really intense stuff in our society oh lights me up yeah like is this a like a self-care-ish sort of thing or Uh, like what are you you asking like what i enjoy yeah that's like it it could be all intertwined oh yeah just something that you do Hmm. or something that you sort of like what the metaphor I guess I think of is like when do you turn your face to the sun Mm, I love that probably not enough no I know it's not (laughs) enough honestly the past year has been hard for me personally because I moved to Connecticut and you know you know Rebecca but yes for anyone listening I, I had I had to commute a really long way every day back and forth in my house and um really long finish that yeah Yeah. and it kind of sucked out some of the light in me (laughs) but I'm fine I'm fine Mm -hmm. but it it definitely kept me from yeah maybe it kept me from being able to turn my face to the sun like literally speaking too especially in the fall when you know you wake up in the dark and then you leave work and it's still dark um or it's dark again um what do I do though uh honestly and it's something I've struggled with my whole entire life, but exercise is like, it's just, it's all, it's never not worked for me. And yet I don't do it like nearly enough, like oftentimes not at all, but you know, I have a dog. She's my, my best friend. (laughs) She, yeah. yeah, she, we, we go for lots of walks and we just got her like an 
what is it, a 60-foot leash that she can run around in and stay safe because she'd run away. Aww. But um, Yeah, that's, that's nice. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> exercise for me is, is like the final frontier for my self-care. Um, I, I have to do a lot of stretching just anyway every day because I like have a rickety ass hip. I find that stretching is so crucial. So that's a way to, to, for me to feel good, connect with my body to a degree. And I think it helps me sleep better. Um, yeah. Yeah. If you, um, if you want, I could recommend some like YouTube videos that I swear by after this, but Please. I find that like, if you really are just like crunched for time and, you know, but you still want to connect back to your body and like tell your body it's okay I still care about you yeah. like I do have have oh, those resources some. as well yeah I've got yeah. like my like you know my go-to things that I have to do to like open up my hip and work on my lower yeah, back yeah like the but PT I'll... stuff yeah yeah literally PT stuff <laughs> but I know that you probably <laughs> as you're the expert I would I would absolutely welcome some suggestions yeah yeah but it's it sounds like this is a this these next three weeks are going to be a nice time for you to mm. restore and get back into something that you, you know, you like, and you know, yeah. you'll get back into it. And three weeks sounds like a nice amount of time. To... I know. I feel really like bougie about it. Like how dare I have this time off? I've never not worked. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've only taken that. But after mm-hmm. after this commute the past year, I'm like, you know what? No. Take the time. You can just scrounge on pasta and beans. Not really. But Yay. You know I mean. Just just kind of go into it. a uh, yeah, we're my partner and I, Eric, we're just gonna kinda be in this slow down, cook at home, don't eat out mode. And that's nice too. Cause you can start spending so much money. Oh, my yes. God, I was spending $14 on salads in the city at, uh, oh, for lunch. Sweet green. You know, sweet green. Love so you, sweet good. Green. Love you, sweet green. <laughs> Hashtag. Yeah. So expensive. Hashtag you're expensive. Though. Yeah. But yeah. sponsor us. Hey. <laughs> <kidding>. Yeah. <laughs> sponsor the healthcare workers. Seriously, hey, I think I they know. did one time. I think, that, I think they did give us salads one time during the pandemic. They did, but that was like, oh, that was so short-lived. I remember those meals. Yeah. Yeah. We did get food for like a few months. Mm -hmm. That was nice. Yeah. Food is a basic need. Very necessary. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I guess we kind of, we did talk about this already, but if there was one thing that you would change, like if you had all the power to do this, what would you change in our country or just our city or the world however you want to it It reminds me of i just wish i could like pull up another meme because i have a funny one that i sent you that i want to talk about um but the meme it's not really a meme i guess it's just footage of that poor girl who was so like nervous during the miss america pageant or whatever and she was just babbling on like not making any sense (laughs) and like talking about like the Iraq (laughs) I don't know (laughs) that just popped into my head because that's hilarious I'm just like asking like how to solve world peace or how to get that I have no idea um (laughs) I just wish that we could like get people I I I don't know if it's like an inherited trait like a genetic disposition or if it's if it is nurture and your family really needs to like show you how fascinating learning is and how it never ends you know you like the more you know the less you realize you know um i i i wish that that could be the case for us as a society that people oh could gosh, know yeah. that their their minds are like never ending and their fellow humans um that we can do so much together and I just it these 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 horrible things that happen in the world and these despicable leaders that we have have had still have you know it's it's just yep. it's I feel like it's so based on tapping into poorly educated people's emotional 
problems or their fear and exploiting them. Uh, I don't know. It's it, again, it's another conversation for another time, but I, I just wish education could be improved, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. And um, actually that just made me think of a meme. I saw as an about. educated person. I wish everyone else was better. Educated. <laughs> God, I sound so arrogant. Wow. You just read my soul. Um, but yeah don't ever I'm never I feel like I'm never satisfied like with yeah. what I know and like the second I feel like oh I know that already or like I'd so it's like no you probably should look into that deeper there's something else there um I have like a hundred tabs open on my safari mm-hmm. of like random Damn. articles um yeah and Lately. but it also just made me like think of this meme that like the uh the jail system and the education system are like freakishly alike um Ooh. like between like the correctional buses they're literally mm. the same bus. whoa i know and Creepy. like the some have bars on food. Mm. yeah the cafeteria food and the trays all mm-hmm. look the same it's just like mm. it's so un- and it's so emotional too. It's like so draining, even just talking about it. Um, yeah. But I mean, because we are, we're removed from it, so we're privileged that we. I mean, I don't have anyone in my family that's ever been incarcerated, and you know, I just I don't know anyone that's actually ever been incarcerated. But the way that those systems are designed are so similar. It's almost like it's a setup, like for some, some groups of people it's like they're just meant to go to school and then meant to go like end up right back in like a similar system after Mm. a certain age yeah i mean yeah the school to prison pipeline right yeah yeah i'm like i'm homeschooling my kids (laughs) like i'm just like when i have kids someday i'm like i'm just like already planning this whole like homeschooling all right but yeah unless they get better unless the schools get better you know well i mean you're gonna be i i'm with you on that if yeah we continue to like have to put um bulletproof vests on our kindergartners to send them to school like that's not fucking happening with my kids <laughs> no um, ma'am hell no yeah it's really bad it's really bad Yes. I'm actually reminded of that. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm reminded of this. Like every weekend, Eric and I drive to get bagels at this bakery in um, Sandy Hook, Newtown, Connecticut. Oh, yeah. And Ugh. yeah, it's just, it's so real. And the fact that people think that it didn't happen. Oh, no. Um, yeah, no. No. Yeah. We need some, we need some, some changes. I think that California actually, like this couple days ago didn't they sign something into law didn't gavin newsom sign something about you have to i don't know something about guns buyback program oh. maybe or is it a good is it a good it's good thing? it's, I didn't it's, it's see a it. good thing i think it's gonna limit um how much you can I, I something about ghost guns how you can't it's a crime to like sell guns without being able to track them i think or i think it's like a major background check overhaul but that's, you know, it's just a free-for-all in this country. You can do whatever you want anywhere with any gun. And it's just, these are like weapons of war that we're allowing like anyone to have and not know what's going on in their background. It's like harder to get your driver's license to, than to get a fucking mm-hmm. AR-15 assault rifle. Like, get out of here. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, I uh, wanted to... Um, if we were in person right now, I would probably ask you if we could like just like shake out this stuff because it's just so heavy <laughs> and like in this moment, I just feel so powerless. Mm. And like even just thinking of that guy, I'm gonna not even say his full name because he's so gross. But Kr, the one that just like got off free from all oh, of those good, good murders he just committed. Right. Ugh. Like he should not be allowed to be walking around free. Yeah, it's a tough one. Right now. I'll shake so, I'll shake this off. Are we can we well. shimmy virtually together even though we don't see each other right now? We're shimmying virtually. <laughs> We're shimmying. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm shimmying. Peace.
shimmied. Have so shimmied. the meme you sent me is actually really, really nice. I like um, Breaking Bad meme reference. <laughs> um, did you watch the show all the way through? Because I actually did not. But You know, I didn't. I got to like maybe the fourth season and... I, I, I need to get back on it. My best friend, Melanie, like, it's her all-time favorite show. So she's, like, constantly offended that I haven't finished it. Um, <laughs> hey, Melanie, if you're listening. Right? Um, so wait, let me make sure I see. Let me read it again. It was less about, like, Breaking Bad and, and more mm-hmm. about... I was just trying to find a meme that I felt, like, was relevant to this podcast. Um are you gonna? How, are you actually gonna like share it somehow, or do I read I it? Like, what do I do? The um, I mean, I could attach the Instagram link into uh, into the um bio. Yeah, no problem. Okay, but yeah, it's yeah. basically um, uh, Brian. What's his name? Brian Cox. Oh, no. Brian. Oh man. Oh Jesus! See, there you go. <laughs> That's bad. Sorry. Sorry. Everyone. Walter, Walter, it's Walter <laughs> from the show. And he's yeah. like making meth. <laughs> but it's a photo okay, of just so him making meth. Is, yeah. It's it's a photo of him like making meth. And then the, the caption of the meme is trying to find the perfect ratio of therapy, exercise, and healthy eating to hardcore partying so I can create the illusion of stability while gradually destroying everything good in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and then below that, the actual Instagram page who made it um, uh, wrote, if I drink one green juice for every five shots of vodka, am I still an alcoholic? <laughs> <laughs> and the reason I shared this with you is because I'm uh, pretty recently sober. Um, I don't think you Yay. and I have talked about this too much. No. kind of just have been going through change in my life um yeah I'm like well, five, five months of change sober Wait, thank you same that's so funny wait did you stop like you're you're sober for five months too like it's it's like four it's almost five awesome it's, it's oh my god yet. look at you but too so interesting okay that might have been something in like the planets that made us I both think so. want to quit but um yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I mean, I was never really, like, a big drinker, per se, but, yeah. <laughs> and it must, um, it sounds like it co- corresponded with around the same time as your um, stopping, like, sounds like all, like, psychoactive things, if, if you stopped caffeine, which is something I can't stop, I don't find myself wanting to stop that one. Yeah, no, if you're, I, I respect coffee drinkers. I get it. <laughs> I, I just like realized that I, uh, I just like the taste of uh, matcha a little bit better. But, like, sure. It's a little bit, a little bit more expensive. Um, it's, it's not like in every coffee shop all the time. Yeah. Um, I mean, most in the city, but not everywhere. So yeah, yeah. that's amazing. I mean, yeah. I don't know for you, I found just like a lot more um flow like fluid in my my thoughts and just like mm. a lot less uh anxiety like a lot less anxious um with no alcohol no coffee no oh yeah oh my god yeah absolutely yeah. I I would say I had a, a problem stopping drinking when I would start I was like definitely like a weekend wino <laughs> I mean not like yeah. all day but definitely like a Friday wine down and I just, I've, not to get too deep into it, but I've always, since I was like 17, just drank a lot when I do. And it, it was really starting to get to the point where I couldn't, I couldn't balance it to link it back to <clears throat> the meme, you know, even, you know, trying to exercise, like I said before, that something I've struggled with, like, can I compensate the night out partying with? a whole day at the gym or running around the block or going for a long walk with the dog. No, not for me. Like everyone's different, but my experience was that um, I really had to kind of eliminate it. Um, I, I'm in a spot right now where I'm not really happy with 
my recovery um I need I need to mm. I need to go deeper I need to do more um I'm actually you know trying to find the right therapist doing some AA work so it's really hard it's really hard it sucks you I feel like every Friday night it's just like I really wish I could go to a bar with you know all the coworkers. it's so easy and just sit down and right. do whatever right. and eat and drink and whatever but that just doesn't work for me anymore and um no amount of green juice is gonna change that so <laughs> it's it's definitely like a self-deprecating meme but one that's really like relevant to me and my self-care and not having alcohol in my life is has definitely opened up a lot of clarity and focus as well and oh my god anxiety reduction like the day after any alcohol would be like pretty miserable for me just like same. full on <laughs> yeah just full on just self-doubt panicky and it's just like so stupid after you've done it for jesus 14 15 years they're like can we stop please <laughs> and, i have um, a book that i also yeah. want you to read that you're making me i mean like i i mean 12 steps that's mm. i mean really sturdy i would say i don't I'm, i don't have that much experience i mean that much but yes I do have experience with some of that and I think it's really um <clears throat> effective and um yeah I just think that like it's a lot of shadow work too like those moments of like like even just feeling it inside of you of like oh wanting to reach for a glass or like yeah like reach for it like literally feeling inside of you and almost being able to like practice some like humility like oh look like there you go again trying that old pattern on Mm -hmm. and you just like you know it's kind of in this book that it's um Mm. called existential kink um Mm. and it's like kind of learning how to fall in love with all of your dark sides and um it's really good and um yeah, it is by um, Carolyn Elliott. So I will share mm. that. I yes, please. I highly recommend. So like even in those moments as therapists, like, I mean, we're human as well. So it's like when you want to tap into like something old that's like you're ready to like clear from your system, it's still hard and it's still um really easy to want to jump backwards <laughs> yeah. So, yeah yeah it's just, so just fast for a little yeah 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 well and what I would what I wanted to just jump in on a little bit on that is that like Alcoholics Anonymous is arguably one massive uh CBT group and it's really cool like if you look at it from a cognitive like restructuring uh, that makes sense. yeah you're challenging those intrusive thoughts or those impulses those urges to to drink to use um with validation and community support and um just like flooding like just letting it out about like ventilation and it's it's basic work it's basic cognitive behavioral work it's really really cool so am i (laughs) i feel remiss because i I haven't totally you know uh delved into it and i i think i need to but um i recommend it and i would recommend yeah it's like the big book of aa to anyone who's who might think that they have um a problem you know whether that be drinking uh one or two three a night and that being a problem for you financially or you know yeah Mm -hmm. leading to anxiety in the morning or sleeping too late or binge drinking like I did um you know all through college all through grad school all through my 20s you know and that uh you don't have to continue it um something also is that's really kind of an interesting thing for me is that as a person in the world of psychology and social work, I felt that I'm like immune from 
issues like that. Like, oh, I, I, I couldn't be an alcoholic. I treat, I treat alcoholics. What, what are you talking about? No, I, and that sort of mm-hmm. like arrogant intellectualism, intellectualizing is a, a, a major way that I rationalize my continued drinking for a long time. So if there's anyone out there that's a helping professional and they're struggling with their drinking or drug use, like j- jump in and just do some reading. Um, yeah. And you yeah. know more than you think. Yeah. Yeah. Like even if you right. have worked with a million alcoholics, you could still be one and you know, you could, you're not out of reach of help and recovery and it's a struggle for sure. And one that I like, you know, have to get through every day, but as they say, one day at a time. And, yes. um, yeah, we're, we're all always reaching for the next, um, the next place in our lives where we can feel better and move forward. Yeah. Wow. That's beautiful. And yeah, that's so inspiring. And I feel so like this conversation has been so supportive to mm-hmm. me for me and actually like a nice closure because yeah. now I won't um see you every day and <laughs> you but, can just listen to this um, every day when you miss me and I'll just listen to this all the time <laughs> exactly <laughs> and, um, uh yeah and uh, I can't wait to hear you know how your new work is going and like how it's evolving and I'm here mm-hmm. and uh thank you for joining me on my little everybody dances podcast oh my god thank you for having me this is awesome I mean I was like hesitant and I almost like full disclosure almost canceled because I was just like I hate the sound of my voice I I I feel like I'm gonna be thought blocked and she's gonna be asking these difficult questions that I, it just won't come to me, but then it did. And you were really sweet. And I, I thank you for, for doing this. Well, I think you found it amazing. And I will talk to you soon. <laughs>